Hello, and welcome back to Displaced Underdogs, corner of the internet where I, your host, Morgan, can bring up some random discussions. Yeah, okay. Tried it. Didn't like it. So can we chalk this up to a mulligan and everybody gets one? Could could we do that? Let, 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 let's retry that intro. Mark. Hello, and welcome back to Displaced Underdogs. I'm your host, Morgan. Thought I'd try something new, but, you know, uh, didn't quite work out. And I like that intro a lot better anyways. I don't know why I was trying to change up the intro. It's, it's just been... It's just been a time. And I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that right about now because of a lovely virus that I still don't really want to talk about because that's all I hear about, especially at my work. I'm done. I'm over it. I don't want to hear about it. Yes, it's going on. Yes, it sucks. Yes, social distancing. Yes. Like, things are not... 100% normal, but because I still have to get up and go to work, and it's like nothing at all has changed in my world, uh, (laughs) um, I don't know. I just don't think it, I, I don't feel affected by it as much as other people. And, again, um, my dad died, but not from that disease. No, no like, cardiovascular stuff. But it's kind of, like, he saw what was coming, and he's like, peace out! (laughs) I mean, he was really good at spotting trends and troubles, so that's why he got paid some big bucks being a logistics engineer. Yep, yep. So, smart man. Smart man. And I just made things horribly awkward. I'm so sorry, guys. I don't know how to human well. (laughs) And this is also what happens when I'm super tired. And am I going to edit this? Probably not. You guys are just going to get it all. Because why not? So, any hoozadoozles, welcome back. As we're getting further away from Easter Sunday, I'm now getting more motivated. It's, it's kind of, it's my first Easter and my first birthday without my dad, and I, um, not even gonna lie, straight up went to his house and cried in his closet for three hours, smelling his shirts, because they at least reminded me of him. And it's really weird, too. Um, Again, while I'm being awkward and kind of apathetic, I guess. I don't know. Or just kind of, like, super awkward. And I know that I'm super awkward, and it's okay. But, uh, 100% not even going to lie about this. If you have ever lost a loved one, um, you, you already know what this is like. It's just, it's a very surreal feeling going to their house 
or stepping into their room because when somebody passes unexpectedly or when like you know they're going to pass I mean I've had this feeling before but it's never hit me quite so hard obviously when I was a med aide and a caregiver for seven years um I've walked into a residence room that had passed to help the family pack it up and clean it up and stuff and it just honestly like half the half the time you're expecting them to be there because you don't take anything with you to the grave guys you really don't it all gets left behind and it's a very weird feeling it was really weird because it's like oh hey dad Aaron and the kids are out you know getting they're doing the easter egg hunt over at our house and I just got asked to hey while you're on your way home from work can you run I forgot this, but don't worry, we'll play it in as a surprise. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, my dad's car, his boat, everything's still in the garage, and it looks like he should be home. And knowing that everything's where he left it and how it was, it just honestly feels like he's just gonna walk through the door any day so while I get choked up um there was a reason that I brought up the whole point in fact of all of that that you don't take it all with you to the grave because again I started the minimalistic lifestyle about a year and a half two years ago now and while I may have fallen off track I'm still on track I just haven't done my typical six-month spring cleaning yet because I don't get to not go to work because I are essential. And, yeah, with all that's been going on lately, I've been very apathetic. But when I was sitting in my dad's closet, I totally looked around and... That man had a lot of clothes. Not even going to lie. Straight up. And he only wore a few things. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I do the same thing. I have less clothing than my father. And yet I wear less of what I already have. <laughs> so it's probably time to go do a spring clean out of my room. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I totally, as I was thinking about clothes and you know, getting my closet actually in order, getting the proper storage placed in there and everything. I was just like, oh yeah, that's right. I got a podcast episode idea. And I said that I would do that soon. And I have been remiss. And now I'm going to apologize like an idiot on this next podcast because it's always, and, it, and it's going to be the same thing. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Life came up, this came up. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. And at least I'm doing it. So... And it reminded me that today's episode is about slow fashion. So, yeah. And the worst part about Easter, it was on April 12th. April 13th is my birthday. So, that was a really rough 48 hours, guys. First Easter, first birthday without my dad. It's kind of weird how 
circle of life, how life comes full circle, you know. 1989 was, like, my dad's first, like, year with my first birthday and my first Easter. And now he had that first, and now I've got this first. And there's a lot of milestones. And I'm sorry if you hear banging. I'm just kind of using my fist as a gavel on my table right now. So, anyways... Yeah, let me make this awfully tragic and awkward. It, it, yeah, it was a really rough 48 hours when I went over to his empty house and bawled like a baby in his closet, hugging a shirt of his, which reminded me of this episode. So, grief and sorrow is a weird thing and oddly beautiful and eye-opening in many ways. So, again wall bawling and ugly crying snot bubbles popping everywhere you know the whole the whole shebang face super red look like some weird like demon gremlin monster from the underworld but that's horribly sad that you're just like i i should be scared of you but uh i also feel bad for you 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 you're like you're like the Chinese crested. You're you're super scary looking, but it somehow makes you cute and endearing. Are you okay? Yeah. So, yeah, bawling and ugly crying in my dad's closet on Easter. I looked around, like I said, and started, and I did. I started smiling and then laughing like a crazy person when I saw my dad's clothes and shoes and recognized a lot of the clothes from my childhood. Yep, my dad, like most men, have no issues with slow fashion. Because, honestly, some of the pieces that my dad had in his closet, I mean, a lot of them are just basics. Jeans. Suit pants. Couple of nice button-ups. T-shirts. Blazer that matches the suit pants. But, like, they're really good at this slow fashion game and at, like, eco-friendly fashion. And primarily because the fashion industry is geared more towards women, but we'll go into that later. It's just, it's just, yeah. Rarely do men see any huge swings in men's clothing trends. It, it happens, believe me. They're not immune to fast fashion trendy movements to get the spending up. Because, I mean, let's not forget pastel lace rompers for men. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to have to take a hard pass on that one. I, I would not know. I just, I mean, to each their own. And if that's what makes you feel comfortable, that's what makes you feel comfortable. But uh, why? Why have we gotten to this point to where you feel that you've got to do something so outlandish as that, like, YouTube commercial or whatnot? So, anyways, like, it's, for a lot of guys, it's just more in, like, shoes, watches, and accessories is, is where fast fashion really catches up with men. 
They're, they're, their shoes, their watches, and a bunch of other accessories. That's where they got him. Gotcha. So, we talked about fast fashion last episode. And this episode, we are clearly talking about slow fashion, the pros and cons, and the complete mystery. I still have yet to find an answer that slow fashion enthusiasts can pinpoint. <sighs> so, it's fun. So I promise not to drink my tea or Coca-Cola too loud or ugly cry in your ears. But uh, let's actually get this episode started. This is like the longest intro I've ever recorded, and I am so sorry. If you've made it to this point, you, my friend, are a scholar, a gentleman, and a real champion to humanity. So because you have freaking patience for the mid-length long introduction. Yeah. Yeah. Not gonna say the longest. No. Sure, there's been way longer uh, conversations. Especially if you're... Uh, I don't even know what I did just now. I'm like falling asleep as I'm doing this. I'm not even going to lie. And I just totally went off in like sleepy dream world speak. So, yeah. Anyways, let's get into it. Sit back, relax, plug in, and enjoy. Get it together, Morgan. You got this. Okay, that was weird, and I'm glad you're still here and listening at this point from that super awkward, depressing, and super long introduction that I actually started falling asleep at the tail end of. That's that's too funny. I don't know what's wrong with me, guys. Uh, I will do my best to not be so awkward in the rest of this episode, but... I'm like, again, super awkward, and I'm super tired, and I'm apathetic, so it's just a great, great equation, and it just, it's fantastic. So suffer along with me if you can, and if you can, again, bless you, bless you, you should be sainted. So, um, as always... I have tried my best to do balanced research on this, on the topics I talked about, for you guys. So we will start this by answering one of three questions. And this is the most important. Or is it the most important? Either way, um, you should know what fast fashion is. And if you don't, then go find my other episode. So, so, 
I don't know what. I started doing it again. Oh my gosh. I said I wouldn't be awkward and I'm being awkward. And I started like dozy McDozkins. And I think I'm going to step outside and be a bad kid. I know that this contributed to my dad's death, but I'm still like very stressed. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette because that sounds like a good idea right now. Wow. That sounds awful. I'm so sorry. Like, again, horribly awkward. So there's like three questions to this. What are the pros of slow fashion? What are the cons of slow fashion? And what even is slow fashion? And, you know, okay, I'm going to do my best with this. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to answer or do our best with answering slow fashion. And simply put, slow fashion is when you buy something. It's when you buy an article of clothing and or a piece of clothing that will last a long time and you'll wear frequently instead of wearing it once and then never touching it again or and it hanging collecting collecting cobwebs dust and spiderwebs in your closet and or you know you, you're donating it so um so yeah, like getting rid of it and slow fashion is like slowing it down and making things less throwaway. Like, and the fact that fashion, because again, with my historical, my love of historical garments and sewing and stuff has led into some really interesting research. And it's so weird that like, a dress from the Victorian era would like got repurposed because of all the fashion um, trends with the big hoop skirts and the crinolines and then the bustles where the crinolines kind of disappeared and you had this nice sleek smooth polished look in the front and then you had the junk in the trunk in the back with the bustle cage and everything. I mean it's amazing how many Victorian dresses even for the bustle era, they look like new dresses, but they were like someone's mother's old ball gown that they just got rid of some of the fabric and made it into a bustle or like made it into a dress and then added elements of it into, into the bustle, whatever. And like, it's just, it's so weird to me that a Victorian dress could have at least six other lives before finally getting cut up into, into rags or, you know, kind of tucked away. Either way, it was never just straight discarded. It was used multiple times by multiple people in multiple different ways. And it started off at a dress and would then end up like, as a sleeker dress, it would be like three or four different dresses. And today, in our modern world and modern society, fashion has become throwaway. And that's what fast fashion does. Slow fashion is the opposite. And, and in my, what I would call research, 
into slow fashion and my own ponderings on slow fashion, my own brain ideas and brain thoughts, it seems to be a slow fashion is a lifestyle choice. Being more conscious and aware about what you purchase and how much you purchase, leading to thoughts about how much you end up wasting as well. I equate it to mindful living, which leads me to really think about minimalistic lifestyle choices and how they all kind of come together for me, that is, in my head. And it comes to factor into what I think of when I think of slow fashion, because the whole point is to buy quality items that you really have to think about. So... Um, before making that purchase, that you practice mindfulness. And then, of course, like, the less pieces you, like, the less pieces, the less overwhelming it can be. And, again, like, when you actually have to sit there and consider, like, what you're purchasing, um, are you going to wear it in 30 days? Are you still going to enjoy it? Is it something that can, because, you know, us girls, um, us females with, that were, I mean, okay, don't, don't hang me. Don't ram a pike through me like Vlad the Impaler, but natural born females have periods once a month. And it sucks when you get all bloaty and everything. And and so there's been a few times and I have a pair of pants that honestly I really love. And they fit me like a dream. Except for one week out of the entire month. So, but yeah. So, anyways, let's focus on some cons of slow fashion. And... I can't really lie. They were they were really hard to come by. They they exist. They really do exist, but they were really hard to come by. And they also repeated continually and had more to do with like the eco fashion side of slow fashion. But they do exist and there are a few cons to slow fashion. The biggest I came across is disruption of the fashion industry and the economic ramifications from that industry disruption um, that it would disrupt everything from literally where and how fibers are sourced all the way up to how clothing stores market their goods to consumers who now purchase at a slower rate and don't turn over their wardrobes as often if everybody were to go to slow fashion. They would have to change up their marketing techniques. So, uh, Because if everybody's purchasing at a slow rate and don't turn over their wardrobes as often, which also leads to disruptions in charity shops and thrift stores because people wouldn't be donating as often if they're keeping 
and taking care of and mending their high quality items and participating in slow fashion. To, it even would go as far as to even disrupting things globally in a way of possible strains on international relationships due to developed countries pulling sourcing and production out of developing countries. Developed countries, so first world countries, would be pulling, like, production out of developing countries, such as second or third world. And as I said last episode, one in six people work for the fashion industry in some form or another, and about 40 million of them that work in the garment and fashion industry are living in those developing second and third world countries. Yeah. That would be bad news bears, which half the reason why it would strain international relations is because, again, 40 million people being unemployed, not having a job anymore, or, like, in risk of losing their job. Like, that would overload even our system. Oh, wait, we're already seeing it. <laughs> and it is overloading our system. Our government's kind of in a panic. Every, everybody's kind of in a panic right now. I mean, we're all kind of getting stir-crazy, too, and kind of getting over it. But... But... There are some real stressors, and that's what slow fashion, that's like the biggest con, is that it would completely change the fashion industry from what we know and take it back to what it used to be, like I said, in the Edwardian and the Victorian eras. Even as recent as this, as the 40s and 50s, women owned less clothes and practiced the whole slow fashion thing without realizing that it was slow fashion. Anyways, again, you want to know more about fast fashion in the industry and some stats and stuff, um, my previous episode. So, yeah, that's the only real big huge con I could find on slow fashion. Then when you get into, like, the offshoots of slow fashion, like, little micro categories, eco-fashion, it, it's two major cons are, one, price point and how expensive that clothing can be, and typically is because natural cotton, natural grown cotton, that hasn't been treated by pesticides, like 100% organic cotton that hasn't been treated by pesticides, that has not been bleached to heck and back, it only makes up 1% of the world's cotton. So, and it has to be hand-picked, and, you know, like, people just can't pick as well as the machines, so, like, a third to half of the crop gets wasted, essentially. And so, understandable. There's a lot of reasons as to why um, eco-friendly brands have the higher price points. 
it's also the quality too because if you get good quality materials it's not that hard to produce a good quality product and the second con is like yeah eco-friendly fashion brands also don't make a ton of options for the more curvy full-figured person out there nor can you truly source a full men's or boys wardrobe from these companies as the fashion industry as a whole both fast and slow fashion gear a lot of their marketing and a lot of their products towards women and towards women's beauty and women's fashion so it's limiting for people that have a shoestring budget or a very tight budget when you get more into the eco fashion side of slow fashion it's also limiting for those whose body shape doesn't quite fit an average size small to large extra large as well as limiting for genders as well and we will take a small break and or pause before i jump into some pros of slow fashion because that's really all the cons i could find honestly so all right guys we will be back hold please hold please while i put on nice elevator interlude music Alright, and I'm back, and before I do the dozy, dozy posy, weird trail off, don't even know what I'm saying, garbledy gook, I'm just going to move right into some pros of slow fashion. <laughs> Welcome back, thank you for sticking around this long, I really appreciate you, and I just want to let you know that. Um, again, you have the patience of a saint and or you're having a very good laugh at me either way, or you're just curious to see how this train wreck finally ends up stopping. I don't know. Not that it's a train wreck, but uh, it's just definitely, I'm sorry, it's not. No, because then if I apologize, then it's like I realize that I'm not making good quality content and it's still decent content but uh anyways one of the major pros in environmentally friendly um of slow fashion is that it is environmentally friendly as it causes less textile waste because you are buying less which means you're keeping your garments longer and again turning over your wardrobe far less often another big pro is that is the fact that when you choose slow fashion options, it causes you to really slow down your thoughts and to think about you and your true style. Like it causes you to just kind of take a pause and get in touch with yourself. And it's amazing because, okay, it's amazing how subconsciously we know the importance of clothing. And consciously, we also know the importance of clothing, but we just kind of, like, write it off. Like, yeah, it's important, but it's not that important. All depending, it all depends on the event you're going to type deal. Because, I mean, I've, I've had this where uh, I'll buy something, I'll buy a nice dress, and it's like, oh, when I go on a date night. Uh, um, 
And, you know, turns out that that date night comes along and that dress that I got specifically for that occasion, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. It just, the one thing that I liked about going more towards slow fashion and going more minimalistic is that, honestly, I got more in touch with with my sense of style and what I wanted to project to the world. Like, because that's what we subconsciously know and consciously um, are aware of. Like, both our conscious and subconscious minds are aware of it. And so that's when we start buying, like, that little black dress for that date night for this or for, like, some fancy event if we ever get invited to, like, some gala or something like that or a black tie affair, um, you know, city council dinner party auction thing where you dress nice, but then you never actually go to said event or you wear something completely different. And so because we want to dress to impress and that's kind of where that saying comes from, you know, the whole dress to impress, because uh, we understand the importance of it. If you're dressed in a shabby manner, people tend to think that you live a not so decent life there's a lot of negative connotations that we put on somebody that's like shim their wardrobe is in shambles their outfit is in shambles or and in disrepair and in dire need dire and desperate need of altering and basic um repair or just scrap it and turn it into rags like it's done it's it's lived a good life just let it go let it go let it just just, just let it rest in peace pieces but I really like how slow fashion and I do think that that is a pro about it is that it is a lifestyle choice it is an exercise in mindful conscious thought like it's not just a mindless "Ooh, you look good and I'm just gonna grab you and buy you and take you home and then just never ever wear you like slow fashion brings about more awareness I guess or definitely just an awareness of yourself so and, and again, it is a great lesson in mindfulness. Also, if you go thrifting or shopping at a charity shop, you're practicing slow fashion because recycle, reuse, all that. So slow fashion gets you to stop and think about things you normally wouldn't, especially when you start getting into the eco-friendly because then you start thinking about the company, then you start thinking about... Like, are there materials sourced ethically? Um, is the production done in an ethical manner and not like a sweatshop with women and children, like hunched over machines making stuff for the masses? <laughs> uh, yeah. And before purchasing a new article of clothing, I mean, I always ask myself if I'm going to wear that item anytime in the year in a year 
to come? And if the answer is no, I, I just don't get it. I put it back and I go, you're really lovely and I appreciate how pretty you are, but uh, you're going back to live on the shelf. Somebody else will come along and they'll actually love you more than I do. I don't know. Um, and slow fashion. And I really love how Jane Milburn explains slow fashion. Slow fashion is a philosophy about owning your style and making sure it's not costing the earth at the same time. And I guess that's the other thing too that I really love about it is that when you take that time and you slow down and you really think about your style, change is constant. Change is the only guarantee in life. And it feels like an oxymoron, but it's the truth. Like change is a constant and everything changes. You can always bet that things will change and you'll make money every time because it's the truth. And so like when you start to do like slow fashion and you start thinking about your style and you start owning it, like that is such a freeing feeling. Like it's, you're not following the trends. You're not like worried if you're going to be out of trend in a few weeks or a few months. Like, you know, when you do the slow fashion thing, again, exercise and mindfulness, you, you get something that you like, that you enjoy, that you know your body better than anybody else. So you know what's flattering and what's not. And, and when you try to keep up with the trends, like my short little midget self, I mean, I'm 5'2", and I'm curvy. Like, I've got a... Th um, like, my measurements are, are just weird. I've got a Kim Kardashian booty that's 100% all a natural. But, like, this tiny... So, it's, like, 42 inches around my hips, which is the biggest part of my bootay. But then... Like, I've got, like, this teeny tiny waist, this little tiny, like, 30 to 28 inch waist, and then you go up to my chest and my bust, and it's like, it's not, I wear an A cup, so it's, it's like 34 inches, and it's just a really weird measurement for some of the trends. Like, I just cannot fit some of, especially in the 90s, when like heroin chic and androgynous was like the style when, you know, the models and like the ideal aesthetic was like these shapeless dresses that just kind of fell in straight lines. I could never pull off that look for the life of me because my body is not shaped that way. It's never been shaped that way. My daughter, she's only three, about to turn four next month. And I can tell you guys straight up, like, she's going to be like her mama. <laughs> Little girl's already got curves. And it's just, she took after me in a lot of ways. And so, you know, I, I guess owning my style, I was never in trend in the 90s when I was growing up and going to school and, you know, you really are learning yourself. You're trying to fit in. You're trying not to be rejected. So 
I don't know. I guess, like, but I never owned my style because I was always trying to make something work that didn't. Because, well, that's what was trendy. So, like, when bell-bottom and elephant flare pants came back into style where they were, like, and high-waisted, too, I love and live for that because that was complimentary on my shape. And when you're a teenage girl and people start making comments on, ugh, I don't think that works for you, but you're trying to fit in with everybody else, it's just, it's, it's a weird time. And you don't really own your style. You're just like, oh, yeah, no, I totally didn't buy my own clothes. Uh, my mom and... You know, my dad, we went school clothes shopping and they were like, no, you shouldn't get that. We, I'm not going to spend money on this. You should get this. And so it was their call. So I don't know. I guess I just like the mindfulness factor and how, and I really like how that owning your style, that taking responsibility for it, also taking responsibility of your carbon footprint and impact on the earth. I just, uh, it was just such a great quote and hearing it put that way was amazing. And, and Jane Milvern said this in a Ted talk of hers and I could not agree more. So slow fashion definitely makes you think about where your clothes come from as well and how they were made, who made them and reconnects you, not just with yourself and your own sense of style, but also with those that make fashion available for the rest of us. So like the local, like one of the things, one of the mottos is buy locally, buy ethically, buy locally and reconnecting with your community and getting to know some local designers. That's actually really cool. And it also goes in, like, it it reconnects us with ourselves and our environment. And going from Washington State to Indiana, trust me, like, also reconnecting with the environment. There, my wardrobe and the clothes that I had were, like, pretty uniseasonal back in Washington because of the mild temperature and the mild climate. And then having to get to know the environment here in Indiana where, like, you actually have to have a summer wardrobe because of how blooming hot it gets and humid. And then to, like, dry, freezing cold in the summertime or in the wintertime. Oh, my gosh. Like, reconnecting with the environment is how can I maximize my, my wardrobe if I'm trying to do slow fashion and minimalistic stuff? And then you, like it reconnects you with like the environment and how can I fashion and style this while still being functional? I don't know. To me, it's, it's just kind of cool because I like how everything's interconnected and when, and it just like proves that yes, Slow fashion kind of proves that point, that hypothesis, I guess, or of mine, of mine, and how my weird little brain works. But it also allows the same freedom of expression for ethical 
designers, if not challenges them further due to limiting their materials to natural or recycled fibers that were ethically sourced or to make something new out of an existing garment, kind of like the Victorians did. Do you know what kind of creativity that took? Hey, we want to slim down our silhouette from the side or from the front, but then, you know, from the side out of bustle. And like, how can we make mom or grandma's like huge dress that goes over crinoline? Like, what can we do with this? How can I restyle this? And, you know, coming up with an entirely new dress concept, that that is amazing. That is a that is a challenge. Getting a pre-ready-made garment and then making something new out of it. Which I'm also very artistic and creative, and so I like challenges. Um, there are quite a few benefits with slow fashion. And those were just a few. It also supports local companies, like I said, local designers and local resources. Again, I myself quite enjoy the minimalistic lifestyle and mindful practices that slow fashion has brought into my life. And it's given me more clarity about my style and clothing choices. Because again, reconnecting with your style. And for a minute there, I was like, I don't even know what my style is. It's super hodgepodge and random. But I also love historical elements as well. Because you kind of get weird looks when you go out in a full Edwardian um, Titanic era dress. Like walking dress or evening gown. Or if you go, or if you go out in public in a Victorian bustle era dress. People give you weird looks. So... Like, that is 100% my aesthetic. If I could dress that way all the time, I, I 100% would. But people give you weird looks if you do. So reconnecting with my style and my aesthetics. It, it's a fun, creative challenge of how can I make a wardrobe that kind of represents that in, and, you know, pays homage to it with little nods here and there. So, um, I've, and again, I've always had a weird little body shape for a lot of the fashions and trends of the nineties. So I guess I've always been a slow fashion girl without even realizing it for years. And now it all just makes sense and it aligns with my current values and lifestyle. So, well, okay. With how awkward and how how awkward this all started and with how tired I am, it really doesn't feel like a lot was said, really, to clarify any of it. It is spring. I think I'm going to wrap up this episode, and I think I'm going to kind of call it. I just want to let you guys know that, yeah, it is spring, and I would like to check in with you all on, like I've mentioned, like I just haven't really done my spring cleaning, but now I have been because I kind of went on a YouTube kick on closet cleanouts and stuff, especially since my own closet is starting to get more organized and like with my little 
home projects, home improvement projects that were already um, planned and planned out already way before all the crazy pandemic stuff happened. Um, yeah, I'd really like to check in and I would really like to check in with you all on spring cleaning and how minimalism is going for myself and just what exactly are and what exactly are examples of slow fashion in my life. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm so happy. I I recent I recently purchased two gunny sacks original 1970s dresses and I just I love them. <laughs> they are amazing. But anyways, like I said, I've been binge watching closet declutter videos on YouTube and I feel super motivated and excited about my own current projects and my more tailored um my more tailored focus on creating a capsule wardrobe because while I was doing like the minimalism thing and like working more into it and getting more comfortable with it and like I and and then you know slow fashion and all that um trying to be environmentally friendly like I realized that I have a few things a few staples of a capsule wardrobe but how nice a capsule wardrobe would actually be and I want to share that excitement give a few tips and hints and hopefully motivate a few others while in the process so I may mm, no I will share a video or two on my Instagram for those of you that follow me there so displace dot under dot dogs or you can always email me at displacedunderdogs at gmail.com. I would enjoy hearing from you all. Thank you for your support thus far. And please show it by subscribing to this podcast, following me on Instagrams, or reading, reaching out to me here on Anchor. Like, shameless plugging of, please subscribe. Please. Please subscribe. I feel like I'm begging, but... You do what you feel comfortable doing. And until next time, definitely 100% stay safe. Like, I mean that every time, but particularly right now, because staying safe has taken on a whole new meaning. <laughs> you want to save a life? Have you ever murdered somebody? Have you ever killed somebody? Well, every single time you go out into public, you stand a chance of risking infection, which then risks infection to other people that have contact with you so yeah so please like when we have commercials that say that sort of thing and i think it's from oregon state i mean yeah just guys really stay safe out there and but i mean while you're being safe don't be afraid to create and enjoy your day till next time guys bye